0: Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is where you'll find your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life's journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, which could be the vehicle that takes you through life's journey. And our mentors... Well, they might provide that roadmap for your journey. On most Thursdays, I am blessed to be talking with mentors who have paved the pathway for many tennis players and coaches. Normally on the first Thursday of the month, it's Alan Fox. The second Thursday, it's Coach Chuck Reese. The third Thursday, it's Dr. John Murray. On the fourth uh, Thursday... It's uh, we rotate it's either Coach Scott Williams or Energy Coach Linda Clear excuse me, Linda LeClear. Uh and on some of those special Thursdays and today we are blessed to have would that be one of those days. Her husband, Doctor Bryce Young uh joins us and he will be along uh today. Don't ask me um, who's gonna be uh looking over uh the business, uh, but they'll be both joining us pretty soon. And on the fifth Thursday, well, who knows? Uh, well, I will tell you because this fifth Thursday, uh, we've been um, I've been pushed a lot about talking about uh, college tennis, and uh, who better to talk about that than uh, Tom Farrum, uh, who's the author of the Little Green? Uh, book of Tennis, and uh, maybe later in that broadcast, if we're uh, blessed, Ashley Hobson might be joining us. But on those occasional Fifth Thursdays, you never know who we're going to be. On the last three and a half years, we've been blessed to have coaches like, uh, well, like Nick Saviano and Coach Scott Engie, who went from the high school ranks to the college ranks, like many other college coaches. Um, who I consider the best technician in uh, tennis, uh, Ashley Hobson. He's a former Davis uh, Cup coach. And we've been blessed to have college coaches and high school coaches, uh, USTA officials. We've been blessed to have the executive director of the PTR and the USPTA. And uh, occasionally we get our um – Florida tennis founder and editor Jim Marks on the broadcast. And, of course, the nice thing about Live Talk Radio is that if you can't listen live to the Yellow Ball Network, you can always listen at a time you choose. On Wednesdays, for instance, uh, Chuck Reese's American Tennis uh, broadcast, and now um, our Sunday's coaching corner with Randy uh, Blumendale, Um, I seldom uh, ever listen to them live, although I did listen uh, this uh, uh, yesterday to uh, Coach Creasy live. But, again, like I said, that's the nice thing about Block Talk Radio is you tune in when it's convenient for you. I would like to thank the Yellow Ball CEO, J.P. Weber, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, You're missing out on some useful information. I would strongly suggest it. Because I do believe Dr. King when he said, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Each Thursday, I will add my personal views on North American tennis. And naturally, you will hear my biased views that the tennis journey should be going through our high schools and colleges. Who knows, together we may wake up that sleeping giant called high school tennis. Besides our weekly conversation, the almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my articles in Florida Tennis Magazine. And as I previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at at coachdenise.fhstcaatt.net. that's Coach Denise D A N I S E dot F H S T C A A T T dot net. Who knows? You may read your views in Florida Tennis or hear them on one of Coach Denise' sharing tennis blessings broadcasts. It would not be the first time that has happened. I'm going to give you my views. Uh, the way I see them, and uh, I respect your views. And I think if we get in the habit of listening to each other more instead of listening for a chance to interrupt, uh, I think we'd get a lot more accomplished. But that's my view. Remember, if, if someone has taken the last issue of Florida tennis from your pro shop, you can always see the last issue of the magazine by going to www.floridatennis.com. In between issues, you can find Jim March's articles and mine uh, on Facebook. Uh, You just go to FL Tennis, and uh, there's a lot that happens in between uh, the issues, and we try to keep you informed. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, this issue is pretty interesting because, our editor says that uh, Florida is no longer the headquarters of the United States tennis; it's the world headquarters now. So, if you disagree with him, uh, you can sit there and um, you know let us know about that. But it is an interesting article. I would like to. I think I see our uh, mentors on today. Uh, before I go into my commentary. I would like to bring them on because they might have something to say. Uh, we don't always uh, agree on everything, but um, I always do uh, get a lot of information. This is one of those broadcasts. I I really feel blessed uh, at the end of the broadcast. Uh, doctor, are you there?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, Linda, are you there?
2: I'm here as well.
1: Great to hear you. Great, great hearing your voice, and what an exciting time of year! We have high school tennis starting, and and in New York, we have the U.S. Open starting. So there, there's a lot happening in our great sport right now.
0: There sure is, and uh, I uh, actually I will go a well, little. I I do want to have the two of you really. I think about the first time I went to um, one of your classes. Uh, I think it was at the uh, in Hilton Head at the PTR, and just coming out there in the maze. So I, I really want the two of you to take over this broadcast. But I will do the commentary first. Um, I've—I don't know if you've caught the last uh, few months. I have been. Uh, I'm not too old to try new things. It was suggested that uh, I put my commentaries uh, on uh, Facebook and that I do it at the beginning of the broadcast rather than the end. And uh, I do listen to everybody. I don't always accept everybody's suggestions. We all get <laughs> in our own energy at time, and uh, I have to plead guilty of it. This is why... Uh, Truthfully, I've been thinking about uh, if if there's a way I could have you on twice a month, (laughs) just uh, selfishly for my purpose, But Let me get into my commentary. Uh, Okay, August 23rd. Sorry, I am not going to – I'm not ready to address the Davis Cup. No, I am not avoiding the ITF AGM Orlando announcement of the season ending Uh, davis cup revisions but as i have previously remarked on other broadcasts and in my articles in florida tennis i do think that one should examine all the who why what where and when issues before criticizing or applauding something and uh, i'm maybe my age i'm a little bit slow i guess but i'm not there yet as of today, I have some positive uh, things that I've seen, and I've seen, um, truthfully, I think I've seen less negative thoughts uh, on the changes. Uh, but I must admit, admit that at least on one of those uh, changes, uh, it really breaks my heart. But we're going to have to address that uh, at another uh, time. I, uh, I I did get into a discussion with our uh, Editor Jim March, because uh, I thought that my concern today is the lack of statements from organization leaders. And uh, although talking with Jim, uh, Florida Tennis Magazine, he suggested that uh, uh, it maybe isn't time yet, that maybe these people will speak up. But uh, it just scares me when I hear people silent on uh, issues. And it hasn't all been uh, silent, uh, truthfully, Uh, but I read the uh, the, the ITF statement, I read the USTA statement. I was very, very disappointed in the USTA uh, statement, but uh, as Jim said, uh, it's not the USTA's position that they have to make a statement, the ITF would. And when I suggested that they would have been better off um, not making a statement at all, uh, he thought that, uh, well, maybe in New York with Jim Haggerty there, uh, there'll there be more details expressed. And he promised to let me know while he was up there if that's happening. Or not. But uh, uh, some there has been uh, some comments. I should tell you, let me tell you what the USTA comment was. It was, uh, quote unquote, we are very pleased the ITF member nations voted to approve the Davis Cup proposal. The new format will project Davis Cup into the 21st century and elevate tennis premier annual team competition to the highest, uh, to the heights it deserves. Wow. Uh, well, that was their statement. Those of you that uh, listen to the Yellow Ball Network's other uh, shows like uh, Coaching Corner or American Tennis, uh, uh, you have uh, heard uh, Randy Blumendahl and Chuck Reese's uh, arguing that uh, this will no longer uh, be considered uh, Davis Cup. Uh, of course, the nice thing about Block Talk Radio, as I said earlier, is If you did miss the shows, you can always go on any time to the Yellow Ball Network and catch the broadcast. I did talk earlier this week to Inspiration Academy Tennis Director Ashley Hobson, who, my own biased views, I consider him probably the best technician uh, in the business. Uh, He was both a Davis and Federation Cup coach, And besides uh, being the Hong Kong-China national coach, uh, his teaching included 30 years of ATP, WTA, and ITF coaching in over 60 countries. And he agreed with my previous remarks that, you know, maybe we should hear more. But he did state, and quote, unquote, nothing beats the experience of going to the opposing countries and playing the best of five sets for three days. I'm not going to list – I will put these on the uh, Facebook. I'm not going to list them all, but uh, besides the ITF Outline uh, Davis Cup, there's other organizations like Bob Larson, uh, Rick Back, and other people that have made statements about that Uh, um, on both sides. uh, I think there were some interesting statements I was surprised – That shouldn't be, I guess. I'm really too old to get surprised by anything, but every now and then I still do. Federer believed that the ITF vote taken in Florida to reduce the event to a one-week shootout from November 2019 was far from transparent, quote-unquote. I don't know how the vote worked, to be honest, he said, but clearly the ITF never historically involved the players. Uh, Davis Cup captain, late in you to the ATP, was uh, much more uh, vocal about his thing. He really blasted the decision to reduce David Cup down to a one-week finishing sprint. Uh, he's quoted as saying, I'm obviously totally against the changes to Davis Cup and pretty frustrated by what occurred uh, and the lack of information available. Uh, the competition he suggested is not Davis Cup no longer. You can't call this the Davis Cup. You can ask anyone over the past 50 years who played Davis Cup, and they will tell you this proposal is not what it's about, nor what it should be about. Uh, So those are some of the uh, statements that you heard. He just says that, you know, playing home, Uh, At home or even away In front of a passionate partisan Group was something That what Davis Cup was about And uh, you know Shouldn't be uh, changed So I'm not going to go into All those I will uh, Post them Uh, But because I need to hear more facts And hopefully learn more rather Than uh, present my views I'm going to shamefully talk for about one minute about a couple of stories in issues issue a Florida Tennis magazine. Uh, the third part of uh, my article, Coach, uh, Change is uh, Necessary, uh, is there. This, uh, I hope, will be the end of that three-piece article, uh, but who knows. Uh, Jim Marks, as I said before, has a very uh, uh, interesting article, uh, about why uh, Florida uh, is the world capital for uh, tennis, and uh, he uh, makes some strong arguments there. I'm sure uh, some of you that are in other countries, or some of you in the listening uh, in other uh, those states around the country, uh, I suspect, especially on. Uh, the West Coast in California, you're going to disagree with that. Uh, but like Jim has always told me, when you're giving your opinions, uh, be prepared to defend them later on. And uh, I suspect he'll be prepared uh, to uh, defend them. Ed Kraft uh, has a very uh, nice article in there, too, which uh, I thought was uh, very good he uh, it, it's not about uh, one-on-one uh, tennis or about the college camps uh, he runs around the country, but it's uh, an article about the Kessler uh, tennis family and uh, the father of the two, uh, uh, the boy and girl, playing at the University of Florida. He coached uh, their father years ago, and uh, he asked some very interesting uh, questions there. So uh, I just uh, encourage you uh, to read Florida Tennis. Uh, I think uh, I enjoy it because uh, I, I, I must admit I, I've always, uh, like I expressed in one of my commentaries uh, a, few, a couple months ago, uh I was like Justice White who always read the sport page first because I wanted to get to all the positive uh articles before I uh tackled the world problems uh but the rest of the paper. Uh unfortunately uh reading the sports section uh isn't always that way no more. Uh, like I stated, uh couple months ago, I think uh, Justice White would be feel like I do sometimes, and I'm hoping that my grandkids can uh, read the sports section uh, the way I used to. So that's my commentary. If you disagree with it, I will um, post a longer view of that uh, probably Saturday. Uh, you have to forgive me. I'm a little slow with that. But... Um, I, I really like to, selfishly because I need it, uh, we all need to you know, our energy fluctuates so much. Linda, I would ask you to start off the conversation, and uh, Dr. Young, if the two of you would make believe that you're putting together one of your classes that I enjoy so much, I suspect the rest of the audience would, too. And I'd like to turn the broadcast over uh, to you. And when you need me, I'm here listening.
1: <laughs> well, we, you can't have a better interviewer than that. So uh, I I know both Linda and I um, are working with athletes at a lot of levels. So any of your listeners who, who have anyone from children who we work with all the way through college tennis and the pro level, uh, will benefit by what we've prepared today. And uh, I think the the best topic, and and then I'm going to let Linda begin to introduce it, is how do you stay in the present? Uh, Everybody today is is wired in to uh, every mechanical device imaginable that gets our mind either jumping ahead to anticipate what we think is going to happen or getting stuck in the past. And when we work with, with athletes in all sports, and and particularly in our sport of tennis, we find that staying in as the uh, as even the scriptures and the and the uh, great philosophers said, the eternal present is the biggest challenge. And so, when you talk about being in the moment, this is something that both Linda and I are working with our athletes on. And uh, coach, I'm gonna. Uh, Put this in at the beginning because we always run out of time. But should uh, should your listeners want more information from us, simply go to yourmentalcoach.com, and they can contact us for additional information. Or if they have uh, specific uh, individual questions for their for their young people or for their athletes, we can work with them uh, when we run out of time on the on the broadcast today. But uh, Being in the moment is what we're working on at this point.
2: Yeah, and I love that you've opened this program up because my idea and my vision of how this was going to work today was very organic. And I couldn't come up with like any um, particular topic and yet a ton of topics at the same time. And this first one about being in the moment is one that Not only comes up with our clients, but also with ourselves in our own lives, and how you know how important it is to be in the moment, and what exactly does that mean to be in the moment? And that's that's the question. A lot of times people don't even understand you know what that means. And from my understanding and my experience is that being in the moment is just that. It's being in the moment. It's just totally um, present to whatever you're doing. And that could be something as simple as um, walking up the stairs and being in your body, aware of what your body's doing, and actually being in that moment of walking up the stairs instead of your mind off somewhere else and maybe rushing um, to other things that you need to do already. And how does that apply to tennis players and into competition? Well, I guess it's, it's pretty obvious. If you're not in the moment, if you are thinking about something else other than playing the ball, then you are not you are not going to see the ball as clearly as you need to to be hitting it with consistency and with power and with accuracy because part of your system, your mental energy, is off somewhere else thinking about something. And so the, the, the practice of mindfulness, of being in the moment, is really worth the um, effort that it might take to learn how to actually be in the moment. And why is this really important? That goes back to our earlier talks, John, when we talked about the subconscious mind and how our subconscious mind is that part of our mind that records everything that's happening to us. And probably 90% of that is recording limiting beliefs that we have And this is where if we're not in the moment that the default is our subconscious beliefs take over. And so anything that we have, any limiting belief we have can be activated. And if, for instance, if one of our limiting beliefs is that we're not good enough or that we're not enough or that we don't really believe we can do something, then when that's activated, our response to that activation is that our actions now have to be in sync with that limiting belief. In other words, if we're not good enough to beat a certain opponent, for instance, then we will sabotage ourselves. And we do this in other ways in our lives by not being in the moment. That's when people have accidents. Uh, that some people miss important things that are happening in their lives. For instance, we could be with our with our children, but our mind's off thinking about something from work or some other worry that we may have. And we totally miss those moments with our children. And there's like a, a double whammy to that because the children, pick up on that and know that the parent that they're with is not really with them. And that has a negative effect on them, that they then develop a belief in their subconscious that comes out in um, moments of stress or in moments when they want to achieve something that is not in sync with the limiting belief. So there's all sorts of obvious and and important reasons why being in the moment is so so important. But another one, and you know I talked about um, living from love or living from fear, playing from love or playing from fear. And when we are in the moment, rarely is there any fear in the moment. If there is fear, it is going to be from a real danger that is on the outside of us, not from a danger that we create within ourselves. So, having said that, being in the moment is coming from love, almost a hundred percent of the time. We uh, this morning I was working with a client, and she had fallen into the trap of, of uh, jumping ahead of thinking about the future and the what if and, and had it led kind of spiral into uh, not an anxiety attack, but a real strong case of being nervous before going into this next tournament that she was going into. And so we, we just started talking about it and breaking it apart and and what was she thinking and um, was she really in the moment? And just in our bringing it to her attention, it it became obvious to her that she hadn't been in the moment. And then we did a process to bring her back to the moment where she could feel um, her own essence rather than creating pressure on herself because of all the things that she was doing that were creating more and more fear within her system. Um, and I'm kind of like, there's something I want to do today with, with you and with the audience that we haven't had a chance to do in the past on our, on our um, shows together, and that's to do a little bit of a process and if you're open to that and okay with that it'll take about um 3 minutes and okay. what is called um are you open to that
0: I definitely am yes yes I, i'm all definitely right. open to it
2: all right there's um a lot of talk about the the um power of the heart and that the you know there has been like these in I think it was around 2004 there were 40,000 neurons discovered within the heart and these neurons are, um, are very powerful and help and the, they're actually um, similar to the, the neurons in our brain that are connected to memory. Uh, the, when our heart and our brain are in harmony. When there's coherence between our heart and our brain, we are um, we're actually influencing over 90% of our system. So, so we are, are really in sync. And I always talk about being in sync body, mind, heart, and spirit. And this technique, which only takes three minutes, is really great for synchronizing your heart and brain and that's a, that's the experience that I want you and, and and our audience to have today is it's a very simple thing to do but has a lot of, of wonderful effects so um, without you know explaining more because we really don't have a lot of time to explain that I'm asking, asking you to just trust me and if you're willing to do the process with us right now, if you're listening, it would, that, I think that would just be great. So all you have to do, first of all, is just sit back, be comfortable. And I want you to focus your attention in your heart area. Now you may want to put your hand over your heart because oftentimes that'll help us focus there, but you're, it's, your focus is now going to be in your heart area. And I want you to slow your breathing down. Breathe pretty normally, but a little bit slower than you normally would. And start your breathing now, slowly. And while you're doing this breathing, I want you to imagine that, the, the, that it's your heart that is doing the breathing in and out. Even though your stomach is still rising and falling, it's your heart that's breathing in and out at a slower, slower pace. And while you're breathing, I want you to imagine something that uplifts you, some kind of image of caring of appreciation maybe, of compassion. It may be the smile on your child's face. It may be the love from a pet. Any feeling that is uplifting, imagine that as you're breathing in and out, focusing on your heart. And if you're having trouble imagining anything, just repeat silently to yourself the the words, compassion, appreciation, gratitude, caring, love. just continue breathing in and out. And while you're doing this, I want to tell you what's happening to you. Your nervous system is syncing up, influencing over 90% of your system, your brain is opening up, giving you higher access to higher intelligence. Hormones are being released back into your body that are regenerative, like oxytocin, more DHEA. And as you sustain this feeling of these uplifting, regenerative feelings, it's opening up a door for you to more of these qualities to show up in your life, making it easier for you to feel more love, more care, more appreciation. And it's also putting yourself in a position to receive more of the intuitive intelligence the higher wisdom that comes from your heart, from your higher self, and all of this is happening with you, because you are practicing this simple technique. Okay, how are you feeling,
1: Bryce? I'm feeling awesome. Uh, what what Linda's teaching so effectively. Uh, Coach Denise, is scientifically supported by the Heart Math Institute. And uh, there, there are scientists there who have been working with the heart. They're the ones who, who discovered these thousands of neurons and neurites we didn't even know we had in the heart. And in effect said it's as if the brain has a heart of its own that we haven't realized we could call on. But I, I think all of us uh, who are coaches and athletes have watched a basketball player make a great play or come you know, come from behind in a game and shoot a basket he had to have and, and be pounding his heart as he goes up and down the court. Well, that's not quite what we're talking about, but it is interesting that people relate to their heart quite often when something important is going on in their lives.
2: Yeah, and... Um... Well, uh, just to finish on on that thought and on this technique, I challenge you to practice this technique. Um, I mean, you can do it any time throughout the day. I do it when I wake up in the morning before I go to bed. I do it um, before I go out and and play tennis. There's a lot of opportunities to do it, and the more you do it, the more the the stronger and the um, well, the better you get at it, for sure. But you will start feeling a difference in your life. You'll notice that what you're focusing on is different than what you had been focusing on, perhaps, before you started doing this technique. Because, I mean, well, to me, it just having um, more focus on, on what we really want to create in our lives is an important part of what we do and of what we're teaching other people to do. And so when I ask you to, to practice this and see the difference in how you're feeling, how that love that you're feeling, that appreciation, that gratitude, the joy, all those higher-level qualities that are so powerful and so regenerative to not only our bodies, but to the people around us and the people that that um, we interact with as we go through our days. It, um, I, um, well, okay, so that's, that's enough on that. But going to something that Bryce started to jump into too is along with this is something called mirror neurons that we've... Um, now, I have been teaching visualization since back in the 1970s. And, uh, and I know so many of our athletes are using it and, and we teach it with the athletes working with us. But um, understanding it scientifically, I think always gives it a little bit more um, power. I mean, people are, are more apt to do something if it's scientifically um, proven. And what science has come come up with now is the understanding of what mirror neurons are and mirror neurons are neurons that fire both when we have an experience and when we witness someone else having an experience, which is why this is such an exciting time to be bringing this up with the U.S. Open coming up and all the hours we're going to be watching a tennis. The um, the mirror neuron doesn't know the difference between us having the experience and us witnessing an experience. Okay, now when we're in this heart-brain coherence plus when we add the knowledge of the mirror neurons and what they can do, and we tune into um, an event, into, into a tennis match, and we observe the, the player from that place of, of um, heart, brain, harmony, and coherence, we are actually op- um, accessing this field of information and taking it on as if we're doing the activity ourselves and that's what visualization is that's why we that's why athletes do visualization because they know that they are training their bodies through the use of imagining themselves doing something and that goes one more step is like how do we walk through our days how do we see ourselves what is our image of who we are. Do we see ourselves as healthy and strong and vibrant uh, or do we see ourselves as weak and ineffectual, uh, worthless? I mean, there's all sorts of things that we could be imagining either positively or negatively. Well, what these mirror neurons do is when we are imagining ourselves doing something or if we were imagining ourselves as healthy and vital and um, energetic, those neurons take that information and translate it to chemicals in the body that get sent out to our bodies to reinforce that image of ourselves so we're actually regenerating our bodies our energy through these images which to me is so exciting and it you know it's it to me it's even like taking what we've thought of as visualization to a whole another level because of of how much we're learning about it through through science of the power of it and the power of our thoughts, the power of, of the image we have of ourselves. Whenever we start working with someone, an important part is that we help them to create a self-image that is in sync with whom they want to be. Not with who they've been, but with who they want to be. And the qualities that they want to exude the um, kind of energy that they want to exude is all part of that. So to to me, it, it's like we really want to be aware of what we of how we are seeing ourselves. And this also connects. Can I ask
0: you a question, Linda?
2: Oh yeah, dead. definitely. Always.
0: The, the neurons, I don't want to interrupt because it's fascinating, but uh, the neurons understand that they're spreading through the uh, body and it's kind of, do we know just how does that, does that go through the heart to the brain and then through the body, or do we know? Okay, the you know, just... the, the,
2: the heart is really a system of, of a processing center, an information processing center. And it signals, it, the, the, the signals that it sends, it goes to the back of the brain and then to the front of the brain and then that produces, the, the brain then produces the chemicals that are sent through the body that create um, the manifestation of what we are imagining. So if we are imagining that we are in perfect health, for instance, or, um, you know, we can apply it to tennis, it, to any of our strokes or whatever, but it seems like health is an is a easy one to, to think about because if we're, um, if, if the information that's going through us is that we are healthy and strong and viable? that's what our body, our energy is going to produce. But if the information we are feeding our system is that we are um, weak, we are failing, our body isn't strong, our body is weak, um, we can't do all of these things that we used to be able to do, then that's what our body produces.
0: A lot of times, as a person, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing, but I I think if I was, you know, a client of yours and Bryce, and at times I would just want to make a phone call before an important match or just to talk, and just knowing there can change my energy level from. I hate to use a negative energy, but it's not a positive energy, but it's not a love energy. And just knowing that I'm going to talk to you can bring me into a love energy, and now it's easier for that to happen. Am I wrong? John, I, I,
1: I'm i going to give you just a, a quick example. Um, a player uh, we worked with at the U.S. Open in the past, um we learn a lot from them as well and i think one of the most important things for people in our field which uh there's as much difference in personality among sports psychologists as as there is among coaches and players so we're all different in how we approach it but the way the way i want to approach it is to be as ego less as possible and to earn the trust of the athlete. And I remember asking this athlete, when are you most vulnerable? And and athletes are very, very honest when it's one-on-one and they know they can trust you. And this athlete said, Doc, within about 30 minutes of my match at the U.S. Open, I am absolutely the most vulnerable. And a, a person could walk by me, you know, in the locker room and and just throw off on the side to me about, uh, well, this guy's really been hot lately, meaning the player's really playing well. And he said, I could feel myself totally lose all my intention over the match and absolutely throw away all my preparation right there. And the reason I wanted to relate that story, which is a true story, is we were working with him to really go into a very quiet space and put a bubble around him knowing that that was his tendency. Mm-hmm. Does, does that, I hope I've explained that in a way that makes some sense to us. It makes sense. And, yeah, and it I'm, does. And, and, so, and so what you said, absolutely we work with athletes pre-match and we get calls, thankfully, because of, of Skype and WhatsApp and all of the, FaceTime. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out, but basically um, we're able to do that all over the world now and and to be in touch with our athletes, and they know that they can call on us both pre-match and also post-match so that they don't get stuck on something that didn't work out in the match that then becomes a big deal later on because they didn't debrief it.
2: Yeah. that I'm kind of smiling because that reminds me of I think we're talking about the same player, but not quite sure. But we arrived a little bit late to his match, and at the US Open, and he saw us when we came. When we came, and he won the match. And after the match, he said, "As soon as I saw you, I knew I was going to play well." In a in his energy. Um, went to a higher frequency. And what that, that, that kind of communication with coaches and players is very important. It's a very important part of what coaches, what power coaches have with players because if they have that, that um, communication between them where the player picks up on the coach's belief in them And their coaches caring about them, and their coaches enjoying um, watching them play—all those higher-level qualities—that automatically lifts the players' frequency. And so um, it's—and it's a perfectly legal thing for a coach to do. There's there's no way it can be avoided, actually. So, uh, but sometimes you know, coaches aren't aware of of that aspect of themselves that they are communicating to their players. Um, there, there's a couple things I want to add to all of this. And there are two things that are coming up a lot that I want to mention. That, and these two things lower our frequency and put us more in fear energy rather than in love energy. And changes our focus, changes um, how we feel out in the world. And the first one is is judging. We, when a player, or any of us, go into judging someone, we lower our frequency. Judging is one of those energies that that lowers our frequency. It doesn't raise our frequency. And if we were, and if we're honest, and we tune into our energy, when we are judging someone, we will notice that it's not very uplifting to ourselves. It's obviously not to somebody else either. But 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 speaking about ourselves and our own energy, it's something that hurts us. And the there's kind of Linda, another. I think
0: you have to go to Linda. I think you need to go Mm -hmm. into a little bit more detail there because I think coaches were probably most guilty. And I think there's a fine line because we're always making judgments on things, you know, do I, do I make, am I going to make this change in technique now? Is this person going to be able to handle this or how long have they been playing that way? Is it worth the time that they're going to miss in competition to do that. So by nature we're creatures of judgment, making judgments if we're gonna do it and I think we're always well, at least I am, always question am I doing the right thing, am I making the right decision or not? So
2: okay. there, I, yeah, I always struggled I mean, with that, that judging.
0: I always told my students, I want you to go out so you don't need me but I was reminded a few times, coaches. You know, I see you hiding you. Know, I want to see you. I know you. You know, <laughs> you
2: know,
0: you know, Coaches learn from their students often. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, okay, coach. What? There's a difference between judging and observing. Okay, judging has a um, an element of. Um, Of opinion on it, um, uh, it it's uh, it's close to like I'm okay, you're not okay. So that is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about judging. And when our players judge themselves, it's a negative judgment, as in I'm not good enough, or I'm, you know, I'm not enough. That kind of thing. They're judging. Um, putting an opinion on who they are that is judgmental. Not, it doesn't mean that we don't observe things, and it doesn't mean that we don't have preferences and like some things and not like some things. It's that judgment that we that we put on it that lowers our frequency. It doesn't mean that um, that you may never go out and judge, but once you become aware. Of, of it, and it's more of a an energy. You feel the difference in your energy, and so when you feel like your energy isn't getting uplifted with what you are doing, you know it's something that maybe isn't a good, you know, isn't something that you want to continue doing. And observing without a judgment is very helpful. When I'm working with someone, they're telling me, I mean, their deepest secrets, really. And they're telling me some of the most awful things they've done or the most awful things they've thought or the st- stupidest thing they might have done or whatever. And I, I am going to help them, but I'm not going to judge them. And that, that the fact that I'm not judging them, feels in, um, it helps them to feel safe. And they're going to be more open with me because I'm not judging them because judgment blocks our energy. And I want them to their energy to be flowing freely. So I, I don't think it's any of my business to judge anyone anyway. And so I don't do that in my work. But I certainly help them um, to either add to their game or take away something that's not working even, even if, it's, if they're into judging, which is what they often are. And um, the, 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 the other part of judging is comparing. And we compare ourselves to other people. And when we do that, that's also um, something that lowers our frequency. And the, I think it's a little easier to understand with comparing because when we compare ourselves to someone else, the 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 thought behind the comparing is oftentimes I'm not as good as that person. So maybe a player will look at the draw and they see they're playing a higher speed and someone that um, they might know something about and they start, oh, you know, she or he's so good they do this, da 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 and they go into comparing that person against themselves. And they come out usually on the downside of that. And instead of comparing themselves, they can just totally avoid that and focus on what they can do and what their strengths are. Because there isn't any, what's the value in comparing yourself to someone else? Now, observing someone else and observing something that they're doing that is very effective, and thinking, ah, I'd like that. That's something I want to learn. And then you're then you're motivated and you're inspired to go out and add it to your um, to your game. But when you're comparing, it's not you usually don't go to that place, you know, because you're so into um, going into a level of fear that is going to block your energy. Um, I, think, I think it really helps to experiment with these thoughts rather than, Yeah, um, uh, you, know, you have to feel the energy when you do something and, and just being open to experimenting with it. How do I feel when I compare myself to someone else? I, I find out, oh, so-and-so just won a tournament. And you're not feeling, you know, happy for them. You're feeling like, oh, you know, what have I done? That kind of response. Or you could respond with, well, good for her. Good for her. And that response changes your energy. That response, instead of comparing yourself, you are giving that person appreciation for what they did or respect for what they did and in the good for her you can feel your energy lightens. as opposed to if you like oh she's really doing well and I'm not doing as well as her and which mm-hmm. lowers your energy so we're always choosing which takes us to a higher level and which takes us to a lower level. And it really changes our day. If we, the, if we keep choosing responses and thoughts that weaken our energy, then our actions are going to um, reflect that weakness.
0: Right. right. Well, Linda, uh, we've gone through another broadcast. We never have enough uh, time I think the next time uh, I do, we just won't tell the people but I'm going to put an hour and a half of time but uh mm-hmm. I, I just can't uh, believe the time but I do I, I, I do believe that energy the love energy and I think it goes through the brain because Normally, I do this broadcast from our Florida room, and our Florida room is where people are going in and out of the pool and everything, and Bobby, sometimes, oh. because I hit my short-term memory, I have notes all over the place. And uh, my energy dropped <laughs> uh, recently, and that's why for our anniversary I decided, you know, Instead of just going out, we're going to take the whole day. And she said, "Oh, but you're so busy." And I said, "No, we're going to we're going to do that." And that's why I announced that I'm not even taking phone calls. We're going to be gone. And that energy really came from Bryce and you knowing that I was going to be talking to you, and that my energy, scattered, is, is going into an energy of love. And I look around the Florida room now, and I think if I called Bobby, she'd be very happy to tell you how nice the room looks because I'd fire <laughs> so many things away, and I was able to address things that I just was putting off and putting off, and it was I was getting messier and messier. So I am mm-hmm. a firm believer of what, you, what you're saying. I wish we could talk. Longer, I do thank the two of you For being on I do have to remind everybody That next uh, Thursday is the fifth Thursday uh, I've had a lot Of people talking about College tennis and what's wrong With it and what are we going to do And I have Tom Farum That's going to be on and he wrote the Little Green Book of Tennis uh, Besides being the ITA Hall Of Fame he's He's coached at all three levels. He's been an administrator. He probably knows more, or he surely knows more about it than I do. So I think if we're going to address the subject, it's better to get the best people that know the subject on. And I think we're going to be blessed next week to have him on. And maybe for the last 15 minutes, uh, Ashley Hobson will be able to join us too. I thank both of you for joining us uh, this uh, week. I look forward to our next conversation. I do wish we could do it more often. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Coach Denise.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.